Welcome back to another episode of Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. Thanks for joining us again this week, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the last seven days of life on this wonderful <laughs> on this wonderful hurling ball of fire that we call a universe that we go through each and every day. I actually saw an interesting uh, image today that said, don't take things so serious. You are here. And it was a picture pointing to Earth in the middle of the Milky Way, just showing how like tiny and insignificant it is for the whole thing, which is funny. So uh, don't sweat the small stuff, guys. Um, Nina, how's your week been? It's been good. I got a lot of messages about Wimmy. Yeah, we got some good messages about Wim Hof from people that knew about it or learned about it and were testing yeah. it out. Um, some people even said that they're going to get back on the Wim Hof train, which is awesome to hear. Other, you reinvigorated right into their breathing. Others were new to it, which is really cool. Um, that's what we want to do is like spread knowledge of things. And you, it interests you, take it, use it. If it doesn't interest you, throw, throw our episode away. I don't know what to say. Like, do whatever you want with it, but... That's what we have this podcast for. Um, a couple things. So when you are doing the Wim Hof Method, and for those of you that didn't listen to episode 63, um, this is go back and listen to that or else this won't really make sense for you. But uh, when you do the breathing ex- exercises, you have to make sure that you have an empty stomach. Oh, yeah. Do not do it after eating. That is very unhealthy. Um don't quote me on the science here, but it's like when the oxygen, you're trying to get the blood flow going, it completely disrupts your digestion process and you do not want to do that. I think also another thing, and this depends on the type of person and how your mind works, is some sometimes we'll do it right before bed, right? I feel like for me, right before bed is not the best time to do it. For me, it's like first thing in the morning, um, but I think that really depends on, you know. You like if you go to sleep easily or if your mind races or things like that. For me, my doctor told me to do it before bed. Gotcha. But she said once in the morning, empty stomach, once at night before bed, empty stomach. Gotcha. So I have to eat at like five o'clock or six o'clock in order to do this at ten, eleven PM. Um also an update on the cold showers. So I was at about thirty seconds. This week I've been doing one minute and oh, it's man. cake. It is so easy. It's a freaking cakewalk. It is. So if people are like kind of scared about the cold showers or still stuck on 30 seconds or 15 seconds. We're going to freeze you out of the conversation. I would suggest that you not try to count the seconds. I would suggest putting your phone near your shower and hitting the timer at whatever time you want to do. For some reason, it goes by faster when it's the timer doing it. Something that I've noticed. As opposed to you counting. Something that I've noticed for me with, with cold showers, I've been doing these for a while now, is... You just, if you put it where the pressure points are within the body for cold receptors, which I believe there's one in the front of the forehead and one in the chest, and you let that hit you first, it seems to regulate the body out. So every time I do it, I like let the water hit my face, like the, my forehead and my chest first, and then I'll move around the whole time. I don't stand in one place and let it run me because I want to make sure that the cold water works its way around the body so I have all the effects of it. But I, whenever I do it that way, and also like the top of your head, like if you're going to put it on, if you're washing your hair that day and you're, and you're getting your hair wet, um, the very top of your head, there's some cold receptors, I believe. I move around too. I don't just stand there. And moving helps because it starts to distract your body. Like if you can vi- visually think of you dancing and just having a good time, this is where you're training your body because cold is a stressor, that stress is not real. And then when you're dancing and having fun in the cold shower, you're physiologically changing your body to respond to stress with no stress. You know, like you're not stressed in the cold shower. You're not tensed. So you just got to like dance for that one minute and just kind of like get the water everywhere, like Brian said. And that's where you start to see the benefits. So for me personally. I've heard playing Elton John in the shower actually helps as well. No. 
So for me personally, uh, I do see benefits of it. It's helping a lot with my pain. It's helping a lot uh, with my mood for sure. And I've also noticed deeper meditations with the Wim Hof method. Definitely deeper sleep as well. I even skipped one or two evenings this past week because I just was so tired. Um, but I slept, I sleep better when I do Wim Hof and I have a better day when I do Wim Hof in the morning. It kind of just like calms me down. It, Like he says, it kind of charges you up. It gives you this clean energy. And mind you, I have not had any caffeine since April. So when I'm just cruising through my day doing whatever, nap or no nap, that's me without any caffeine or any sort of tea or coffee in my system. And so it seems to be working very well and I plan on doing it at least till May. That's my goal is that if I can do this till May and then be able to report that everything's just disappeared. All my symptoms have disappeared completely. It would be pretty cool. I had an interesting thing happen to me this week when I did it. Um, so when you're doing the breathing exercise, it's obviously oxygenating your body and pushing that oxygen mm-hmm. flow throughout your entire body. And so I did it in the morning laying down. And then one of the things I do every morning too, when I get done with like my meditation and, and yoga routine is I will sit really close to a wall and I'll elevate my, my legs and feet, like going up the wall, right? And uh, because it likes like a blood flow thing, it balances and regulates in your body. But I did it directly after the Wim Hof breathing and my legs were like, I felt like they were going to, like they didn't hurt, but it almost felt like they were going to explode because there was so much oxygen going through. And I held them there in like the full three, four minutes that I had my legs held there. They were like really, I could like feel stuff going through and I was like, all right. So for anybody out there, if you ever put your legs up the wall after it, don't do that. Just uh, You're not supposed do to do that, that at a later yeah. time because the oxygen's already flowing so much mm-hmm. through. Agreed. So definitely make sure it's an empty stomach and please don't do what Brian did with that yoga pose. Sorry guys. <laughs> Only for advanced yogis that don't know what they're doing like myself excuse me i'm nina, not gonna edit that out nina my allergies you. just went like crazy double bless you oh there's another one coming <laughs> all right there we go third it's time's like, the charm it's like super rainy here right now and uh it's been raining all day and i don't know what happened but i took a nap and all of a sudden i have like allergies coming my eyes are watering it's like going insane um anyway so this week I wanted to share a little bit like updates on Wim Hof, of course, like we, we just did. But I've also been, I can, I've continued to study him a little bit more. So just to maybe spend another five minutes on Wim Hof and then we'll move on is uh, he has been sharing his scientific research um, that is proving all of the claims that he is making, what this breathing technique and cold shower does for your body. So if you go on his website you can find these animated videos that are sharing the research. It's not like a blog that you have to read. It's just like a seven-minute video. There's like hundreds of them. Kind of sharing like this university did this test and found this out. This university did this test and found this out. And it just goes on and on and on. It's very interesting to see because he may not be the first person in the world to find a breathing technique. If I have people from India, China, Asian countries across the world... I know that most of you guys know that there are tons of breath work out there that heal your body. That's just, it's oxygen and blood flow. That's what it does. It's a little bit new for us in the Western world. Um, we don't really grow up being told that breath work can heal your body completely and eliminate scary symptoms out of your body and end inflammation forever. Doctors, are, they would, they'd be out of business here. Insurance companies would be out of a job. You know, like they just don't want you to know these things. 
So what Wim Hof is being credited for is not so much the breathwork part, but for being the first guy to bring and invite science in and say, hey, look, test me. And then test the people that I'm training or test the average Joe who did it for four days, the breath work, and then go tell me that his immune system isn't boosted. Go try to inject him with an endotoxin and see how he fights it off. That's what he's being credited for, that he's the first person to scientifically prove and show time and time again just how good this is for your body. Now, seeing that Brian's a very healthy guy and he's in great shape, he said to me the other day that he doesn't feel that much of an effect. It got me thinking um, because I do feel, I'm not 100% by any means, I'm like 20% there, Um, but my pain and numbness and tingling has drastically gone down where I could just go to the store, go to the grocery store, go to the mall, walk outside the house. I can shower. I can, you know, in the kitchen, I can get down in the cupboard and get back up. And I don't have the same symptoms that I used to have back in May and June and July. So for me, that's huge. And I noticed Wim Hof did that for me within the first two weeks of practicing this. So it made me wonder for a second, I'm like, is this like a placebo effect? <laughs> you know, because, hey, that's real, too. And I started to YouTube and Google a bunch of other people who have had Lyme disease, have had um, have been paralyzed, have had their myelin sheath completely ruined, their nervous systems out of whack. All of these people have tried Wim Hof. And most of them have reported that after eight to 12 months of doing Wim Hof, they were symptom free and back to their life. So. My point is that if you are a healthy person who's trying to incorporate Wim Hof, but you don't feel it, maybe look at his videos and instructions on if you're doing it correctly. And then second, good. I'm glad, first of all, because you're healthy. You know, you don't have symptoms that you're trying to erase. But what it does to your immune system and your body inside, I highly suggest that those people look at the science behind it. You guys, you can get rid of allergies. Clearly, I still have them today. Um, still working on it. You can get rid of allergies. You can get rid of colds. You'll never get a flu. Anything your body could potentially catch or have an immune response to, which is sneezing, colds, flus, all these things, fevers, your body's going to know how to handle it without giving those reactions. So you won't have a fever. You won't catch a cold. You won't, you know, be down and out for weeks on end. You could be running around completely fine when you travel. That was my biggest problem. For the last 10 plus years, every time I got in a plane and went somewhere, I would either, I would probably by the end of my vacation come home and I'd have a cold or a sinus infection. I would have drinks and party. Two days later, I have a sinus infection. So... I didn't know this then, I know this now, that that was a sign of a weak immune system. You know, I just thought it was, I'm just a very sensitive person. But no, it's allergies too are an immune response. By no means am I saying allergies are like, oh my God, you have a low immune system. But he says you do. He's like, you can get, you can go past these things and arm yourself so much with what your body is capable of doing with breath work and cold showers that you don't even get allergic reactions come May or June. And for something you said earlier that I want to clarify, when I'm doing the Wim Hof breathing, I definitely feel something during the actual 11-minute process that we've been doing. Uh, It's just afterwards. I'm sure it's doing good things inside of me, but I don't have the same level of, uh, I guess, material feelings in terms of like 
reduction in pain or anything like that because I'm not going anything through anything like Nina's trying to recover from. But also another data point is since March of this year, literally probably seven days a week nonstop since March, maybe missing a day here and there, I have been doing pranayam breathing exercises and I've been doing uh, like some yin style yoga just for stretching first thing in the morning, every single morning when I wake up. And so my breath patterns have really been changed in terms of probably what I was doing before. And I've been much more conscious about my breathing because I'm intentionally doing these breathing exercises every day. But to layer Wim Hof on top of it, I'm sure it's doing like oxygenating and doing certain things that just pranayama and just yoga or just meditation is not doing on its own. So it's definitely another tool in the arsenal. Yeah. And Brian mentioned pranayama. We'll get into pranayama once my rheumatologist teaches it to me. I can YouTube it. My mom can teach it to me. But at the moment, it is my right side of my body from like my head, my eye down to my through my nose where I think that's the parasympathetic nervous system, um, which is a little bit on the weaker side because of the shingles that I had in May. My body, I mean, I still go through pain right where the shingles happen. It's insane. So... That size is a bit weak. So she's like, once you heal up a couple more months, which Wim Hof should help with, because I use my mouth to breathe in with Wim Hof, mm-hmm. not my nose. And Pranayam uses your nose a lot of the time. So then she's going to teach me that. And Pranayam has five to six steps in it. And that is supposed to be like the mother of all the breath work out there. Um, there are also people who have been paralyzed, have had viruses and flus and cancer and all sorts of crazy, scary diseases in their bodies and india is what like three four five billion people live there mm-hmm. um he's healed millions of people with this breath work some this is another guy this is not wim hof but his theory is the same thing he's like breath work helps eliminate toxins it boosts your immune system it teaches you how to handle life stresses it helps you at the end of the day something i've noticed about it and this is a one tool amongst other things but i think it's really helpful for a lot of people is you'll hear this term stress management a lot, Mm -hmm, right? Like mm -hmm. in our society, like how do I manage my stress? I get so stressed out about X, Y, and Z. Well, what you should be striving for, in my opinion, is not stress management, but deleting what creates an emotional response to stress in the first place so that you remove stress from your life, right? Like if you can control how you react or respond to situations, stress won't be induced in the first place. And I think these breathing exercises really help put you in a mental and physical state because stress is mental and physical that when you encounter a situation that normally you may have a stress-induced response from, you know how to control the situation in a fashion where it doesn't induce that stress. So it literally helps you maneuver by removing stress as opposed to try to managing. I agree. And that's... And it's all based off your reaction to things. I agree. And that's... And so it, it turns into um, second nature eventually. And I know that's hard for most people to grasp. And it was hard for me to grasp too before I started doing this breath work. And I started to realize that it was stress that caused my shingles. You guys wouldn't even believe how many doctors... which. Now I'm trying to think about like my lifestyle this past year and the things that I was going through. I remember telling Brian back in January that I cannot sleep because my my mind is racing. Like I would wake up thinking that I was like having a heart attack sometimes because just things would be pummeling through my mind about work. And that's what it all led up to. That's where that's where my autonomic nervous system was just like, okay, you know, you run six miles and then you stress all day and 
Do you know that shingles, the number one reason shingles is called from low immune system and stress. And so it was four weeks before I got shingles that Onyx got hurt. And I remember I did not know how to handle when Onyx got hurt. I had no idea how to handle it. Uh, Brian saw me like full on like have breakdowns. Like to see your dog go from like completely fine to no back working legs to no doctor in the area being able willing to take her because they need referrals. That was like four days of hell for me when I think about it. But this it's not it's not a coincidence in my opinion anymore. The chingles happened weeks after that. It was it was all triggered somewhere along the lines. So when you start to realize that stress truly can physically impact your body, you're more cognizant of it. So I am now. I try not to yell at Onyx if she's running around too much now. I don't get upset over small things anymore. It bubbles up. Don't get me wrong. Like it's there, but like I just like oh, I don't care. You know, like immediately I'm just like okay, I don't care. Um, I'm much calmer about it now, and I want people to learn this as early as possible. So if we have 18 year olds or 20 year olds or 25 year olds listening to this podcast, then those are the people that I'm really trying to get this message across to. That by the time you're 30, I assure you. Your body changes, life changes, uh, master some of these things early in your life and you'll cruise through your thirties. But, um, I, I definitely think thirties come with their fair share of responsibilities and stresses and issues. And I don't, I think that if you don't learn how to handle them early and you just keep suppressing them, you, you end up like me, you know, like you have to learn the hard way. Enough about Wim Hof now and breath work. Let's take a breath from that. Really good. Okay. All the power, all the love. I wanted to talk about, um, there's two topics running through my mind, but I think I want to stick with this other one. Okay. It was about energy. And I know that I've mentioned this on this podcast before that I was just telling Brian the other day, I'm like, you know, I remember before COVID, um, Brian would wake up at like seven o'clock. 7.30, and it's like Monday through Friday. Because I've I've been working from home for a long time now, four years. And I still felt the pressure of that like nine to five, okay? Because come Saturday morning, oh, I used to feel so relaxed. His alarm wouldn't go off. I could lay in and sleep, and if I wanted to, I could get up and go for my run, and I'd be happier. Like, it's just a different feeling. Now with COVID... Uh, and ever since I haven't been feeling well, I sleep in a I sleep in our meditation room because it helps me be calmer and sleep faster. And I noticed lately that it's starting to creep back in because I feel as though people are going back to work. There's a lot more traffic on the streets in the morning. Brian gets up and like goes downstairs and takes Onyx out, and I hear every single bit of it. And I'm like, huh? Like for a while there with COVID, I felt as though the world had stopped. And now the past week or two, I feel that like world anxiety, world energy, like creeping back up again, where it doesn't slow down till Saturday. And then Brian had made a funny comment. He's like, yeah, and Saturday is the only good day because Sunday the energy comes back. And I said, yeah, it's called Schmunday at that point because you can feel it in the air. And so we kind of just wanted to talk to you guys about it and see if other people out there feel it too, where you have this subliminal pressure or stress even if you are working from home 
um, of just like, it's like scattered energy almost, you know, like it's a nervous energy, a scattered energy. And like, if you're not doing something, you have to be doing something. And if you're doing something, it's like, oh my God, I got it done, done right now. But it's mostly in the mornings and it doesn't exist on Saturday mornings. It's completely gone. But then Sunday, Sunday afternoon, evening, it starts to creep back in. And you can sense it at the mall. You can sense it at restaurants. You can like feel it in the energy. Mm-hmm. You can like feel it in the air. And I just thought subconsciously how much stress that probably puts on all of us. As opposed to living in a different country like Italy or Spain. Maybe not right now, but people who have a much more relaxed outlook on work and on life. And then... This past weekend, I was watching that show called Emily in Paris on Netflix. If you guys haven't, it's a very cute show. I loved it. But in there, they made fun of Americans for... Getting to the office before 10 a.m.? Yeah, and for like um, living to work. And he's like, we work to live. We don't live to work like you Americans. And in India as well, I know that people are a little bit much... They take a nap in the middle of the, They close their shops and go take a nap at home. You know, like that's a common thing to do. Everybody has a much more relaxed, much more balanced outlook on the work part of life. Whereas here and China, they don't. Mm -hmm. And it kind of just got me thinking of, okay, well, how do you bring about this change? You know, how do you change this? And obviously I had a couple ideas, but hey, I'm not the president. (laughs) I'm not not the CEO of a huge company either, so... Go ahead. Let me touch on something that you said. So Nina was talking about like these days of the working week when you can literally just feel like the anxiety and the stress in the atmosphere. Like you, people are getting up, they're going to work, they're in traffic, they're pissed, they're honking their horn. Like there is this level of anxiousness that exists on like Monday through Friday. And then Saturday, you can literally feel the calmness that exists everywhere, right? Like most people aren't getting up I'm sorry, not most people, but there's a, yeah, most people and that, at that point, if you have a standard like working week, they're not getting up to go to work or it's a dramatically reduced amount of people that are, right? So there's not the same level of stressful and anxiety energy within the universe during that Saturday. And then once you move into Sunday, you start getting a little bit of anxiety because the people are, they start work the next day, right? So Saturdays, we always joke around, is like you can just feel how calm things are in the world on Saturdays because it's people like they're not worried because they have to get ready for work the next day and they just completed the week behind them. And I can literally feel it in the air. And I feel like the reason that occurs is because people are stressed and anxious during these, these days of the working week. And this is going to be a little more esoteric or metaphysical, but beyond what we can see from our you know three-dimensional viewpoint, we are all connected through an electromagnetic grid. And this grid, if one person's stressed out and another person's stressed out, and there's a mass amount of people are stressed out, that energy is being pushed to everybody that's even not directly connected to that person or close to them because you are connected um, through the electrical grid, right, of, of the planet and of the universe that exists. And so we feel that. So we feed off that energy positive or positively or negatively. And even if you are somebody that's really good at being calm, you become very receptive to it and you can actually like feel when it's occurring. I agree with that. Good point. Very good job. While I was scrolling through Instagram right there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I agree with that. But the point is, if you guys feel it, or now after I after we mention this on the podcast, you take note of it, what can we possibly do about it? 
And here are a couple things that I've tried to be very consciously aware about these last few days. One is I try not to pay mind or pay attention to like Brian waking up with his alarm clock and going downstairs to Onyx. I'm really trying to just be like, let things happen, but my mind and emotions don't shift with what's physically happening around me. It's like a test almost. And I don't want to repeat myself and I don't want to bring this up back up again, but I'm going to. What has helped me try to master that? And what, here's, here's what I'm trying to master. When something is physically happening in my life, I'm trying to laugh or dance through it or be completely unbothered by it. Not ignore it, not suppress it, not shut it out, but almost like blast through it, okay? And it's the cold shower with Wim, the Wim Hof method where it's been three or four weeks now that I've been doing cold showers and now it's like when I put it on cold and I turn my timer on, I just start to dance. So normally I'd tense up and I'd be like, ooh, ooh, like in and out, you know, and like I'm done in 15 seconds. But now I see it as like a moment to just like learn that no matter what life throws, and that's what the shower, the cold shower is, the stressor of life, anything, that I could just dance through it and be completely unbothered by it just by closing my eyes, dancing through the shower, not paying any mind or attention to the temperature, thinking of a warm fire, thinking of something that makes me happy. And next thing you know, the minute is over. And so I've been doing the same thing in the mornings when he gets up and his alarm goes on because I don't have to do anything right now. So, and my, I, I start to feel like, oh, what time is it? I should turn my phone on. Is it 7.30? Is it eight o'clock? I have to take my medicine. I have to drink juice. Like all these thoughts run into my mind. And that's where you get that, subliminal pressure stress from and I'm I've just been beginning to like not let it not have any judgment about it not have any thoughts about it and if they start to creep up I just start to like breathe like long slow deep breaths and then I I pass out again I go back to sleep I think that one of the things you mentioned about the showers which I find so interesting is Aside from the physiological benefits of like the cold water and what it does internally with you, from a mental perspective, it changes your perception around being put in uncomfortable situations. What, what happens is you're intentionally doing it. You're allowing yourself to get freezing cold for a short period of time, and then your body adjusts and re-regulates itself. Mm-hmm. So the mental benefit of that is going out into the world being in an uncomfortable situation and having a more confident point of view to say, I can re-regulate myself to this uncomfortable situation. I can not induce stress from it and I can move through it and maneuver really well. I think that's a really big psychological benefit. I agree. And, and, and that is the point that Wim Hof tries to make that some people can't really connect. And it's like, it's more than breath work. It's more than a cold shower. It's more than just physically healing your body. That's what I was trying to say, that even if you're a healthy person, you should try Wim Hof because the mental benefits of it are astronomical if you're willing to try, if you're open to it. And now I see myself applying those same principles even in my mornings to not feel the pressure or stress. Or just like the other day, I was not the other day, a couple minutes ago before we started the podcast, my mom was downstairs and so was Brian. And (laughs) I was like hesitant to put these pomegranate seeds into my juice, into the juicer. Because I was like, why would I juice pomegranate seeds? Like, I'm going to get the tiniest bit of juice out of them. I'm going to waste them. And then I was like, just do it. Just dump them in there. And I did. And I was like, I was dumb. I shouldn't have done that. I should have just eaten them. Normal me would be quietly under the radar 
upset that I just wasted a pomegranate in there and didn't get the full benefits by eating it. But then my mom goes, who cares? <laughs> and takes the dish and washes it. Yeah. And I feel, My phrase for most things. Yeah. Who cares? I, but it's funny because now that I'm trying to change these things, this nature of mine is becoming very apparent to myself. You know, these things are becoming very obvious to me. And it's, it's so obvious. Like I'm like, huh, it used to bother me before. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, whatever. Like it's apparent road rage. Oh my God. Anybody, if, if my friends are listening to this, they're going to know the Jeep days in high school, my Jeep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then I had a Hummer. Okay. Road rage to the max. Like I was known for road rage, honking my horn, flipping people off, cursing, like <laughs> yelling, despise it. It was to a point where Brian and I were first dating in law school. He would sometimes be embarrassed by me driving. Do you remember calling me out a few times? Well, I, I just think that you, you don't drive in a very calm manner. Well, now I do. But you're sometimes, right. you're right. sometimes you're still working at no, it. Let's no, say no. that you're still no, working. No, no. So my mom's been here for two months, and her and I have been taking the car and going all over the place. And I just noticed like how I'm not reacting to the guy beeping at me in the back. You know, I'm not like mad if someone's sitting at the light. Like I'm just, I'm not really, I'm not reactive to things. And I'm not trying to say that I've become like this docile, like little sheep, like you know, step all over me. No, you just you you begin to learn where to put your energy on what's important as opposed to some of these things that are like, why would I even exercise any amount of energy towards being upset at that person that honked at me or something like that, right? I agree. And now... Like your mom said, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> but now, let me share something else with you guys, speaking of reacting energy and spastic energy. Yesterday, which was Sunday, October 25th, I believe, was an Indian holiday. So for all the people in India that are listening to me, and I went to a temple here with my mom. I don't think Brian was there. Um, and you don't you don't expect somebody on a holiday, you know, just just in a church or in a temple to be in a bad mood. Most people go praying for something. People go asking for something. People are sad or people are happy. People are not really concerned with other people in a church or a temple. You're concerned with yourself. And God, basically. So I'm there doing my regular prayers. And this... I'm trying to be politically correct here. This overweight woman, okay? All decked out for the holiday, I could tell. Good for her. I'm just... I have my back towards everybody behind me. And I'm in front of this thing. And I'm and I'm doing my prayers. And all of a sudden, I hear... I can't even do an accent. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> And I turn around and she's like, you can't be there. You can't stand there. And I'm like, okay. And I turn around and get back to my praying. And she says, she comes after me again. She goes, excuse me, excuse me. She goes, you can't stand over there. And now I take notice of 10 to 15 people that are standing behind her looking at me. And I'm like, what? I turn back around and I continue to pray. But at this point, my body starts to shake because I know that there's about to be a confrontation. Like now, I don't like confrontation anymore. Used to be all about it. I'm not about it anymore. Keep me like peaceful life. Please, God. House of God's about to turn into the house of pain. Like just keep me away. (laughs) I do not want to be confrontational. I cannot do this. Oh my God. And, And she's a scary woman. Don't get me wrong. Like she could knock me out. And she does it again. Excuse me. You can't be there. And I said, yes, I can. And I turn back around to pray. 
And then she starts going off and goes, who told you? Who told you? Who told you? And she just kept repeating herself and repeating herself. And, and I was like, oh my God, she's, she's going to like eat me alive. And so I prayed and I just like ignored her again. And I walked over to the other statue and I started praying in front of that one. And this other Indian woman goes, no, she can't do that. She shouldn't be standing there. And I'm like, oh my God, they're all going to gang up on me. Like I have no chance here. Like I cannot physically battle anybody right now. And so I do my prayers and I quickly like go to step out of that specific room and go to another room. And she goes, who told you? Tell me, who told you? And I look back at her again and ignored her again. And I'm running around the temple looking for my mom. (laughs) And my mom is smiling, peacefully praying. And I go stand next to my mom. I'm like, mom, that lady over there, she's yelling at me. And my mom's just smiling. And I'm like, why isn't my mom like caring that I'm getting like attacked here, right? And then we go to the next statue and we start to pray. And I'm like, mom, mom, that lady is attacking me. She's staring at us right now. <laughs> and at this point, this lady had gone to two priests and a guy who works in the front and complained about me already. Okay. And she keeps staring at me and I keep trying to close my eyes and just What was pray. the issue? She said that I should not have been standing past the one statue and I should have been behind those little like bars that they have oh my gosh artificial bs rule yeah and so the reason i was doing it was because other people were doing it i I didn't see anything wrong with it i wasn't doing anything wrong and so this whole like temple takes about 30 minutes to get through and pray at every single stop and then i open my eyes at the one part and she's right there staring me down and my mom again i look over at my mom my mom's eyes are closed she's smiling and she's praying (laughs) What, what what is going on right now? Like, somebody please tell me why my mom is not listening to me. Why is this lady chasing me around the <laughs> temple right now? Like, what is happening? I came here for, like, good vibes. Eventually, we're done with our prayers, and we're walking back. The lady is nowhere to be seen. And I was like, Mom, why didn't you listen to me when I told you that this lady was attacking me? Mom goes, Nina, I wasn't listening to you. I was praying. But I heard you talking. I just have no idea what you were saying. <laughs> and I go, Mom. And she goes, who is yelling at you? So I point the lady out. She's at the front desk pointing at me and telling the people like what I was doing. So needless to say, let me just say, I did not get angry. I actually got scared. And that's not for people who know me. You can't scare me that easily. And I can be very combative and confrontational if someone comes at me like that. But there was something yesterday that I feel the universe was showing me that One, I am not the same person as I was before. I am definitely changing. I don't want to fight with anybody, even if someone's fighting with me. And I still run to my mom for everything, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And so then we're like walking out and she just like snuffed at me, but nobody said anything to me. Nobody came up to me and like yelled at me or anything. And as we're walking out, my mom goes, Nina, it's a holiday. It's a national holiday. And she goes, they probably think she's the stupid one. She's like, not you. She's like, she should have been focused on praying, not focused on where you were standing or what you were doing. And I was like, yeah, my point exactly. But she could have taken me out right there if she wanted to. She looked her dead in her eyes and been like, namaste every day. No way. She Enjoy was, your evening. She was scary. She's giving me the death look. So my point is that even though I was in a nice, peaceful mood, I went there with good intentions, I was doing the right thing, I approached the whole thing. I, mean, I was a little bit too scared for my comfort. Um, next time I will not be that scared, but I wasn't combative and I wasn't being defensive either. 
I was actually trying to avoid her and avoid the confrontation with her Mm -hmm. because number one, I don't know the person. Uh, You can't tell me how and where I can pray. I'm sorry. That's wrong. And three, what was I going to do? Yell and scream and make my stress go up again. And then they say shingles can flare up again. And do you know, like, was I good? No. So in that moment, naturally, my natural quote unquote reaction was to not have a huge reaction. Um, But when I felt my body shaking the first two times she yelled at me, I immediately knew no. Like I subconsciously was listening. I was listening to her, but I subconsciously knew like, calm down, calm down. Like it's okay. Like, because my body was shaking out of like, I don't even know if it was anger or fear. I couldn't even tell you right now, but it was like happening. And that's your autonomic nervous system, which is exactly what I'm trying to heal right now. And so it was a major important lesson for me. And then it, it kind of bothered me on my ride home too. And then I just thought like, okay, let's shift my energy to sending her good vibes. And I hope that she had a better time after I left, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, but that's the point I'm trying to make is that energy, the spastic energy out there. I don't know, dude, I pick up on it so fast and sometimes it just comes at me from somewhere. It can come through somebody else or someone else's problems, but I definitely feel it. Um, in big ways sometimes and I'm learning to not let it come into like my circle like it's like the shower it can happen it's great but I'm going to try to dance my way through it and mm-hmm. not think about it not care about it and just let it slide sure um, what does help me though combat this kind of energy in the universe is like flipping it and sending good vibes like when you do get up and your alarm keeps ringing sometimes I get angry I can hear it across the hallway but then I send good vibes like, oh, he's working so hard and like he's got to get up. Like legit. I start to have fuzzy warm Well, maybe thoughts. you should tell me that sometimes because <laughs> this is the first I've heard of it. No, I do. Or then like if um, sometimes Onyx will start to huff and puff downstairs and it's still dark out. I'm like, oh, cutie pie. Like I just think in my head, go back to sleep. Everything's fine. Like you just flip it. And it's just it's easier for me in that moment to flip things into positive and good vibes as opposed to getting carried away with that negative energy and going down a rabbit hole, you know? Whereas I did not have that control before. I could just easily get carried away. Now I don't. I don't have that. Um, I'm much more conscious about it. I'm, in, in, other, in, in, in better words, I'm much more selfish with my energy now that my health and the things I'm trying to heal and fix in my body and the stress in my life, I'm trying to turn this around. And nothing and nobody is worth it to me at this point and so that's what i'm doing there you go work in progress aren't we all this is very true i know a little bit trying to get one percent better every day yeah so i don't know you guys maybe you guys have other stress tech uh tactics that you guys do or how do you handle stress and a lot of people are working from home but there are people who are going to work yeah um and back to their normal routine and just that like nine to five the morning traffic the evening traffic like oh yeah. I actually have a pretty good book recommendation, I think, that can help people with this. It's Go called it. One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish. The author's Dr. Seuss. Go ahead. I don't even remember that book. <laughs> I'm just messing around. The other day, Dina and I were talking about like books you read. Um, that like when you were you were young and your parents read you books. I remember like all the Dr. Seuss books, the R.L. Stein Goosebump Goosebumps. books, Animorphs, Animorphs, Animorphs had the like the flip book in the bottom right hand corner where it had if you flip through all the pages in the book, it would have like the human turn into the animal and then back into a human. Mm-hmm. 
I was a big Goosebumps person when I was real young. I had like so many of those different books. You know who I really liked? Edgar Allan Poe. He was, Edgar Allan Poe was my favorite poet. He was very like eccentric. I actually, I think I've told you this before. When I was in sixth grade, uh, I got selected with two other classmates and we had to memorize the poem, The Raven, and we split it into three segments and each of us had to do a segment to present it to the school. And um, so all that, that that poem is like burned into my head. But I thought Edgar, he, he was really a dark person. He was like the way he wrote poetry and... Uh, at least what was known about how he operated. He was really interested in like the dark and gothic components of life and putting that into literary canon. But he's a, a really interesting guy. So that is uh, what we have for everybody today. And I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, please feel free to DM us and uh, drop us notes and feedback. And if there's any new interesting topics that you are interested in learning about, uh, let us know. You know, we're, we're constantly researching a ton of stuff that we think that our listeners would be interested in learning about and enjoy while also weaving in how we incorporate into our lives. So if there's anything else or just feedback in general, we'd really appreciate it. I love the messages too, guys. Like, keep them coming. Thank you so much because it shows me what's being, like, taken. You know, like, what people like or don't like in our podcasts and what they're hitching on to. It's funny because when we're recording, we freehand this a lot of the time now, especially with COVID and stuff. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, we don't have a lot of, uh, we don't have a lot going on in our life at the moment per se, where it's like, hey, we went on vacation and we're sharing the story. Or I was out at a grocery store and there's like, I had that woman yell at me at a temple yesterday. And that was my most interaction I've had in months. Chalk it up as a weekly highlight. Yeah, like that's just, <laughs> that's just our life right now at the moment. But I still think that there's value in sharing these tiny moments because we're not the only ones who are kind of like stalled in life at the moment. Mm-hmm. The whole world is kind of. But it's funny because when we talk and I record, I always think like for now an hour after I'll, I'll think about what I said on the podcast and I'm like, oh, I should have pronounced this correctly. I should have enunciated more. I talk too fast. But now that and you're doing Wim Hof, you won't do that anymore because you want to live in the moment. You're right. But then I was, I always, I always assume that people are going to like a certain thing or a certain like point we make. And it's always 100% incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> and like people catch on to like the smallest, most, most like thing that I wouldn't even, it probably just came out like word vomit, you know, and they just like latch onto that but it helps seems to help someone or like we're so happy you shared this story with us and it's i don't even think i don't even think brian thinks like oh this is what's going to be valuable but the more you guys share your feedback the better it is for us and also one more thing i was telling my mom i am surprised i am floored at how many people were listening to our podcast even when we stopped recording for two months. Because I was at a point where I wasn't looking at our stats, I wasn't logging in, I didn't know what was going on, I kind of just shut myself off from all of it. And then we put them back up and I went in and saw the last episode and I was like, oh my gosh. And then the first episode we came back within two weeks, two months, I was like, "Uh, it might take a while to climb back up. Oh no, we surpassed the last episode. And so I'm very grateful for the support. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, that's That makes me feel better. That makes us feel better. And it makes us want to keep going. And hey, I mean, that's what life's about. We just help each other with that. And I think creativity, this is something creative that we do together. Mm-hmm. This isn't something like for work per se. Sure. And it helps us step away and get outside of our own lives and kind of share and connect with the world around us. So thank you for listening. That's right. We appreciate it. We hope everybody enjoys the next seven days of life on this wonderful universe. Until next Tuesday. And just remember (laughs) that we're just a ball of hurling fire throwing through the galaxy. So don't stress out about too much. We'll take care, guys. Much love and abundance.